Better sleep means a better you. That's why Mattress Firm came up with the Rest Assured Promise, featuring the best mattresses from America's best mattress brands. Like the Temper Breeze Collection, available now, with a $300 instant gift good towards your choice of sleep accessories. Visit with our sleep experts in-store, online, or by phone to find the right bed for you. Only at Mattress Firm, America's number one Tempur-Pedic retailer. Offer valid with qualifying purchase. Restrictions apply. Valid at participating locations only. For offer details, visit mattressfirm.com slash sale. The SLE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Welcome to episode 255 of the S&D Podcast Show. Steven and Vin are here to get us started this week again. Danny on daddy duties for now. He'll be joining us a little bit later. Vin, what is up? Not too much, not too much. A lot to talk about uh, in the sports world. As again, we are we're getting closer. We're only about a week away from baseball and two weeks away from hockey. It's getting exciting. Hopefully. Life is teasing us. I gotta figure out how to use the TV remote again. I haven't used the cable box remote in months. Do we even like, know what I channel think... these games are gonna be on? Like, what channel is that, the hockey well, on? I was bringing that up yesterday because so a tweet that kind of went viral, and we get into the Twitter topics like we kind of have been to start the show. A tweet that went viral is like the sports on August third or something. It is. And there's games from literally 9 a.m. starting every almost every hour and multiple games per hour in the evening, like all day. So I don't know what they're gonna do. Like they have to use every ESPN. They're gonna have to use TNT. They're gonna. It's gonna be like watching March Madness. We have to find like Bounce TV or whatever the heck that stupid channel is that nobody can ever find. All the NBCs are gonna be used. CNBC. There's no more news anymore. It's all gonna be hockey. So, like, so, I so I actually messed up on. thinking. So the NHL actually released their schedule for the first five days, times but and everything. With TV? No, no TV. No? Just times. No, right. no, no, just times. So, and of course I messed up reading Rangers Carolina at 9 a.m. because that's 9 a.m. Pacific time. So I thought the Rangers were in the Toronto Rangers aren't in the Toronto bubble? No, 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 no. We are in they're in the Toronto bubble, but they're gonna be the first game to get everything started that day. So, so the NHL is only playing one game at a time. You do right, realize that. Okay. Well, no, it's not really it's not really one game at a time, so it's a one hour interval that they're gonna start them. So basically right, but then the, there's also NBA and all that stuff. So so the NHL on August first is Rangers Carolina starting at noon. In Toronto, and then Chicago at Edmonton starting at three in Edmonton. The Islanders Panthers start at four in Toronto. Montreal Pittsburgh starts at eight, and then Winnipeg Calgary Calgary at ten thirty. Winnipeg Calgary at ten thirty. Are they? In the, they have to be in the Toronto bubble, right? No, Win, Winnipeg and Calgary are in Edmonton. West Coast team. All West Coast games are all West Coast teams know, are in like, Edmonton. 
Oh no, maybe it does make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's seven thirty Pacific time. Yeah. Right, right, right. All right, and then you got, and then you got Nashville, Arizona, starting at two p.m. our time on Sunday. And then so that's nine eleven. And, I think. So basically, twelve to ten thirty is hockey games for the first five days. Right. Basically, yeah. And the Islanders are the four o'clock game on the first, and then. They play back-to-backs on the 4th and 5th for games 2 and 3, both at 12 o'clock. Which makes sense. Also, which uh, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, but this is considered the playoffs now. They have officially said if you are in this qualifying round, you well, make yeah, the playoffs. It's, it's, it's basically like the Major League Baseball wildcard game. I know. It's, 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 kinda, a qualifi- it's a qualifying round that's considered a playoff. Right now, but now it's officially considered like the playoffs. So the Islanders have made the playoffs two years in a row, which doesn't really know, happen too often. It which, doesn't happen when you're going on a, a basically what was it a nine or seven game losing streak down the season shouldn't be happening. Right. Listen, but I've said it before, and I'll say it a billion times again. What would be more New York than the Islanders or Rangers both sweeping their first rounds? Missing out on the first overall pick and then getting swept in the second round. It's probably. I don't know. What would be more I mean, New York hockey than that? To have a, a one and eight shot. That's what the Rangers are going to do. It's going to happen to the Rangers that they're going to they're going to lose this series and then get the first pick because that's just how their rebuilds have been going. Everything just goes right for them. Right. It's like the it's like the Yankees rebuild that lasted six yeah. months. If that. <laughs> Yankees literally rebuild and then went to the playoffs the following year. Yeah. Didn't they go to the year the the year they were rebuilding? Didn't they go to the playoffs? I think they played in the wild card game. No. They they uh, twenty sixteen was the year they blew it up and they didn't go to the playoffs. I think. Yeah. Because twenty fifteen they went to the wild card game and lost to the Astros, and then twenty sixteen was when they blew it all up, which was. And then, like, Sanchez came up at the end of the year and Judge came up at the end of the year. And then 2017, they went to the ALCS and lost to the Astros again. Right. But, like, when they weren't expected to do anything. When they weren't even supposed to be decent. Cause Correct. Aaron Judge struck out 75 times in three weeks. Yeah. In 16. So, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the hockey should be interesting to see. And like you said, everything's just happening now. It's just like, yeah, it's here. Let's just see. We basically have about, we're recording on the 12th. It's about a week till we find out if it's really going to happen. I'm, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you, if you get to opening week, it, they'd have to start delaying things sometime this week. If it was going to happen, you would. By the time we record again. We'll know officially if baseball is going to start, and then probably another week later we'll officially know about hockey. I don't see anything that's yeah. going to stop hockey at this point. Well, the, the the leagues with the bubbles, we've talked about this, I have a better shot. It seems like the NHL has been actually doing things right. Um, baseball, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I guess that – yeah. I mean, they say they're going to social distance the – the dugouts. I haven't seen that yet. 
All these guys are hanging be... out on dugouts. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, that should be interesting to see. Um, the NBA, the players seem to be enjoying themselves. Or not. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. They Some of them seem like they're enjoying they're... themselves. There were a few complaints. Um, I think, was it LeBron? Or somebody tweeted, it felt like they were going off to do, to do a jail sentence. Wow. Well, um, that's just wrong. John, that, Morant yeah. tweet, John Morant was like, this is exactly what I need in my life. Just being away from everybody, being by myself, and just doing nothing. I was yeah. like, good for um, There was a complaint. Well, there was a, a tweet that went viral about the food. And that was, like, because the f- couple days they were just doing, like, prepackaged meals. And that's and what like, they're supposed it, to be doing, though. No, but, like, it's going to be, like, cooked to order going forward. I just think, like, the cooks and the people are also in the bubble. Like, they gotta kind of have to stay as well, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. They're, and they've probably got to go through a quarantine session, too. So they're probably just kind of, right. like, getting everybody so there, was- kind of, like, going through the process, right. going through the... St- the stages and then do they have but a date like the, does the nba have like a date a start date uh yeah i think it's like just about all these first two because that's why like i said that crazy august third day is is basketball games too i think but it's like i feel like of the three sports the nba is the furthest away from starting I maybe I'm not sure. Like, well, they're all just getting there now, so maybe, maybe I was off on that. I'm not really sure. Um, they there was a video that went viral too. Like, apparently, all these rooms are so close that like they all have their own balcony. That they all went on like like five of them went on the balcony and were like having a party. But then also like, Ron. I think it was Rondo. Somebody showed a video of their room, and it's very clearly a two person room that they took a bed out of. Well, so, yeah, like, they they're said not. That. That they, that's yeah, they're the not. They're, doing. They're, they're having their own rooms. What I did see, which was cool, the Red Sox are doing that. Like they turn their their luxury suites into um, lockers and rooms for the players. Okay. So like instead of everybody changing in the locker room, I think it was Alex Verdugo, who they just got from the Dodgers, and somebody else was like his his roommate basically. But they're like they go and change and they do their shower up in the suite. So you're limiting it to, I guess, you know, instead of everybody being in one big room, they just go up to a suite and they kind of, you know, it limits the one, just the two with each other, whoever's there. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming the big guys will get their own suite. But, you know, these stadiums have what? How many suites 40, can 50? Fenway Stadium, can Fenway Park have? Well, Fenway might not have that much. But, like, <laughs> City Field's probably, it, it's got a whole level of probably 50 suites. Give everybody can have their own thing. Right. That should be that'll be interesting, but also I feel like the Mets are that type of team that are just going to put them all in one room. Yeah, I feel like that too. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see though how hockey moves forward now. Now that they're going to open up training camp, who's going to how are they going to set up all the rooms and locker rooms and like does the like are we going to be able to drive by Northwell and see Casey getting changed in the middle of the the parking lot like? No, I mean, they're going to be, I don't know. Um, it says July 30th, the teams are looking, they're looking to start the NBA season again. 
looking to looking to start it. That means they haven't even figured it out yet. I don't know. This is this article was from June 29th. So this was like two weeks ago. Um. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. So, also, a couple of little NHL players have opted out, by the way. Yeah, I saw Travis Hamannick opted out. Yep. Um, so far, there hasn't been any Islanders in the in both uh, Lou and... Um, uh, they both said that it looks like nobody will. But interesting news here. I did not see from this morning, which was kind of like a breaking news thing. Um, somebody, the Toronto FC and DC United game from today was actually canceled. Yeah. Each team It'll... had a player test positive overnight. Protocol is yeah. to leave leave players quarantine in that hotel and re retest everyone. That was definitely interesting. Um, and they haven't been back for that long. I think they were only back for like a week or so. Something at, like that, uh, yeah. Soccer. Before they had this um, issue. And here's the social message thing. Francesca, I've said this since the day it was announced, the decision by the NBA to put social messages on jerseys is a problem that just keeps giving. One issue after another, no social impact. Yeah. Oof. I mean, Mike can, uh, Mike can go, uh, Mike stick away this on Dutch. Mike also said, don't ever, don't listen to anything about the Mets ownership, which we'll get into with Danny later on. Mike has been wrong about everything in his life for the past, I don't know, five years-ish. Wow. Pete's got a gut. Does he not have... That's a gut. I don't know. Pete, uh... He's got he's some guns. He's a big guy. I don't need him to be svelte. I just need him to hit the ball. Oh, by the way... We were talking about the Conforto shirt. Um, just found the actual picture of him from today. Front view. It is a dumbbell. It is a lifting shirt. Yeah. It's a nice, pretty cool shirt. Kind of looks like Xavier, um, Professor X here in this picture I'm sending you right now. Wearing his shirt with his two fingers on his head trying to ponder. <laughs> That's weird. But I do see this picture of Pete you're talking about now, like where he's holding his glove that he's, he's looking. I don't know. Maybe it's because it's the Under Armour shirt. I don't know. That's clearly a Nike to read shirt. Minds. That's clearly a Mike a, a Nike shirt on Pete Alonso, Vin. Okay, but you know what I meant. It's that, the dry fit material. It's not, I just call that style of shirt an Under Armour shirt. You know what I meant. It is very clearly a Nike shirt, but it's like it's the you know whatever dry fit material. Oh, okay, fair enough. 
Well, Nike is Major League Baseball this year, right? This is the first year? Or was it last year? Maybe. I think it was last year. Oh, whatever. Um, okay, you want to get into some other just general Twitter topics? It's what we do best every week, man. All right. Okay. Woj. The ESPN. Uh... Yeah. I saw that for the first time when we were off before we started, and you said you would get into this. Okay, so. Um, a Republican senator sent. It looks like an email. Uh, his name is Josh Hawley. And he sent an email about um, the NBA and there it says Senator Holy blessed NBA for kowtowing to Beijing and refusing to support US military and law enforcement this email got sent to Woj I think the guy sent it to him directly and Woj responded with fuck you <laughs> so, oh in an email he responded fuck you so oh, very professional that, yeah so it was unprofessional he he apologized, and ESPN suspended him. I, they, I mean, uh, it wasn't professional. It probably wasn't the right thing to do. It doesn't matter if Woj works for ESPN, if he works for the Athletic, if he works for Yahoo. He is the number one source. He's a person. It doesn't matter. The fact that he works for ESPN means absolutely nothing anymore. So he could very well get fired and then just get hired by the Athletic in two months, and it'll well. be the, he'll be doing the same exact thing. Yeah. Or Yahoo Sports or Bleacher Report or I don't know. Bleacher Report doesn't really hire people. Whatever. Whatever company is going to hire him, he'll be doing the same thing with the same information. So it's like, I, I mean, so, he was wrong. Probably. So if you actually look this up, up on, like if you click on it on Twitter, right? The Woj thing. Yeah. All the players are, are, are hashtagging free, free Woj. Yeah, I saw that. And did you see... LeBron tweeted it. Did you see Cantor? He posted the no. gif of NBA Twitter finding out ESPN signed, <laughs> suspended woes, and he posted the gif of when all the Avengers came out of the circles in Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was... I mean, that was that. I mean, there's not much else to say about it, to be completely honest. It, it got a little political, but... I mean... Yeah, everyone has it is right. Um, this is the year anniversary of the Angels throwing a no-hitter in dedication to Tyler Skaggs. Um, so I don't know. This is, I'm just going over the topics. That was an interesting, that was a, a crazy night. Um, you want, you mentioned Will Smith off air. You want to talk about Will Smith? Um, yeah, we might as, th this was interesting. I've watched episodes of this show, by the way. I won't lie. Because... Of what show? Of this... This, this CNN show thing? It's not really a CNN. It's more of a Facebook live show that she does. Okay. And, like, they've had... It was cool to watch. Um, There's been, like, episodes of the whole family sitting at the table, kind of, like, just talking. You know? And seeing them talk about, okay, this is what I'm going through. This is what I need from each one of you individually. How are you going to help me type of type of scenarios? It's like, 
it's like the view, but Jada Pickett Smith runs it. But it's like better because of the fact that it's like Jada Pickett's running it, and Will Smith's on it a lot. And as you know, Will Smith's one of my favorite people, um, motivational wise. Yeah, I just, see that. It's called Red Table Talk. Right. And yeah, okay. So I've watched like clips from this show and then I saw what happened, but I haven't watched the clip yet because like the way I found out about it happening was the tweet said, can't believe Jada turned Will into, um, what was the movie? Pursuit of Happiness guy. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, I it just, <laughs> I didn't, I I saw the article on CNN and the show was called Red Table Talk. I assumed it was their show. That's just because it was a red thing. Right. And their color is red. Okay. So that, it was her show. But yep. yeah, she, I don't know. The, the, there's been a lot of jokes made because they, it was a bit cringeworthy and I only saw a couple of clips. The whole thing is like 10 minutes long, I think. So I didn't watch the whole thing yet. Um, but there was one clip, like, he's clearly annoyed. So the whole story is, they took, they, they took a break. Which apparently or... they've done multiple times through their marriage. Right. Just to and... kind of, like, take a break and see what happens. And, of course, like, so him and, and uh, what's her name? Maggie Robert, right? right? That's her name? Who's the Harley Quinn? Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Apparently, like, when they did their movie together, um, which was a good movie. I forgot what it was called. Um, Wasn't Suicide Squad? No, they did another movie together. Okay. Um, Now i got to find out the name of this real quick. Will Smith and Mario Robbie movie. Focus. Okay. Um, Which, if you haven't seen, you should definitely... Definitely see. Uh, right, but that was that was what everybody was saying. With like, he had a thing with her. Right. So she, but it kind of like came out that like it upset her that she was thinking that, so it turned into her like cheating on him. Well, so she had an affair with August. Uh, I the guy August from the I, sounds like Willy Wonka, the kid from Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, Augustus Gloop? No, I don't. <laughs> no, it's a singer that I've never heard of. August something. Um, who's like 23. And Jada's like 50. So that's a little... <laughs> Any gauge gap that big is a little Word. weird. Um, so, but yeah, like the, the only clip I saw was Will Smith like... I Jokingly saying he was gonna like get her back. And she was like, well, it's not about that. And he was like, no, for me it is. But he was laughing. So, like, he's clearly annoyed, but maybe they were separated. I I get... They ended it also cringeworthy. The le- the end of the thing was they did the bad boys thing. They said, ride together, die together, bad mar- marriage for life. And they actually said this on the thing. So, at this point in their lives, it makes complete sense that they are inseparable. They can't, like, publicly, they will always be connected. So it's well, like, that's like a lot of, that's like a lot of right, marriages so, when it comes to celebrities, even if right. a divorce there's no happens. To, there's no reason for them to to get separated at this point, or or divorced and whatever. Just live your lives, 
the way it is and you're still you know you have to go to some events together or whatever right you'll be seen together you'll be fine right but like in part of it do we hell whatever the hell you want to do at this point i don't know but it just it seemed uh, she got a lot of the the brunt of the negativity the, uh, negativity and were, and it came out like oh she cheated on him like in quiet when it very much was like he knew what was going on and yeah it's annoying but he knew what was going on right and like and you could tell through all the years of just watching them that they're your typical marriage they're your prototypical marriage just with a lot more money than you would see in a regular marriage. Right. That's really all it is. Because they're they've been like, together for most of our lives now, right? I mean, it's been a while. I think it's his second marriage, I want to say. Maybe. But, like... Marriage. Um... They've been married since 1997. Yeah, I was like, it's been a while. Right. He had another wife from 92 to 95, who, Cherise Zampino. So that's, 92 to 95 is not famous him, I don't think. <laughs> like, when did Fresh Prince start? Which is interesting, because they actually have two kids together. The first one? Yeah. That oh, kid, I didn't even know about that. Trey. There's this kid. His name is Trey Smith, um, which is interesting. So, Fresh Prince started in 1990. So, this is, I mean, unfortunately, it's it's like regular people wise, it sounds bad, but this is a typical Hollywood thing. You marry somebody before you get famous and then you get famous and you get divorced and you marry a famous person. This is a very common Hollywood thing. And surprisingly enough, she was actually on the show called Hollywood X's. Okay. Shocking. Um, yeah. And then uh, him and Jada so, have been since 97. And they, and they have, have all the other kids together now. Jaden and Willow, and I think there's another one. Right, but um, well, Jaden and Willow are the two, the two that everybody knows. Right, of course, because they've become they've actually become uh, famous. Have Trey, careers of their own. Yeah. Trey is actually like, like basically like a manager for them. It's from what okay. I understand. But anyway, but still, like, again, like you said, their marriage is, like, just, it's not going anywhere. Right. And this is, like, I mean, I don't want to compare it to the Clintons because the Clintons are weird and I don't want to bring it. But, like, it's the same thing. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton are technically married, but they're not. Like, this is just the thing. I feel like Hollywood couples do this often where you're you're, you're together. You're going to be connected forever. So, at this point, just, you know, stick Go for it, it out and whatever. Go for it. Yeah. Let's have fun. Be your, be your um, this is, I mean, I'm just keeping going on Twitter topics. My favorite part, by the way, it. of the whole thing was somebody tweeted out, like, ha, imagine if Will Smith on the show said, now let me tell you about a story that got my life twisted all around. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny, but. 
have you seen – I mean, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things I see people tweeting about on Twitter, like, but I don't actually know what's going on. This is a – and this has been going on for, I think, a while. But it's a video, like, it's in the trending right now of just things being cut that look like other things, but it's actually a cake. And I don't know why this is a thing. But it's like there's a pumpkin, and you cut it, and it's a cake. It's Egg a piece plant. of cake. The eggplant. There's a burger. Yes, I've there's seen a piece that. Of cake, so that make any sense? I. It's apparently it's supposed to be like people are saying it's like satisfying. Like I don't know. Because like, like one of the things like an oyster, you can't cut an oyster shell in half, but then you cut. I don't know. Twitter's a weird place. <laughs> Wait, this is more important though right now than Twitter. Your rabbit hole from before. Okay. <laughs> There's got to be somebody in Ashburn, Virginia, that knows the answer to this question. I'm gonna. I, I didn't even Google it before. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna type into my Google search. How do dogs in movies get paid? <laughs> and this is not like. I don't know why. I don't know how we, we got to this point in our lives, everybody. But this is what this is. This we is were what... talking about. You found, like, a fifth Sandlot movie. Oh, there's a Sandlot movie where the guy goes back in time. Where, like, he's he's transferred back to his 12... He's a baseball player, I guess a professional baseball player, and is transferred back to his 12-year-old self to a Sandlot, quote-unquote, thing. And it's like relearning his love for baseball. So I, but I wanted a throwback version, and I'm watching the movie right now. Disney's The Kid. If you've ever seen this movie, Bruce Willis... Is like a same thing, like a stressed out guy who's like, you know, not ha- treating life correctly. I don't know how to describe it, but himself as a child comes back and he rewitnesses his life kind of through the eyes of himself as a child. So I said they should make a version of this movie, but instead of as a child, he witness- witnesses it as a dog just because dogs are better. Now, that led us to act dogs acting in shows and movies. I guess they're they're definitely trainers. I know that. So, like, they train them to go to a spot and stop or to chase something or interact with somebody. But my thought was, who gets the money for a dog in a movie? So there's an, an article from Entertainment. That says, that's titled, Do Movie Star Dogs Get Paid? Uh, The average pay for a quote-unquote animal actor is a few hundred a day. A feature film could earn a dog as much as tens of thousands. As for who exactly gets the money, the animal's owner and the pet's talent agency each take a cut. But caring for Hollywood dogs costs a bundle, and oftentimes I'm told... The venture turns out to be a wash. Okay, so I guess if you have an actor dog, you have to like take extra care and grooming wise of the dog. I don't know. I just found it weird. Like, it sounds you could very just complicated. Adopt, you could adopt a dog like at a, at a shelter, and then how do you find out the dog's a good actor? I don't know. Like, it just is just my brain goes to weird places with this. 
So and do I we have an like, answer? Like, do we know where these dogs get? It, it looks like their owners get the money. Okay, but, but again. In the, end, it, in the end, because of the upkeep you have to do of a dog and the short life of a dog, that it's not worth it. Like, people are not out there clamoring to find a dog to be an actor. It's just, like, if your dog happens to be cast, your dog happens to be cast. I did... I, this is an interesting thing. I went to... when I, I went to Universal uh, last year, two years ago, and they have a show, and it, like, kind of shows you I you were about to say the Air Bud dog was about to pop out of the... No, they have a show that, like, shows that, like... It's a live show, and it's like, one of the... I'm assuming the trainers who, like, works on movies... And they're, like, showing you how they get the the animals to do stuff in movies. I mean, it's pretty interesting. But it's just, like, calls and food and different things that they've trained the animals to do. Seven things to know about, do- about dogs in movies. You want to go through this? Yes. Uh, dogs owe their cinema safety to a horse. <laughs> what? <laughs> a horse stunt died uh, another spe- <laughs> a film in a 1939 film about Jesse James the outlaw Jesse James a horse died doing a stunt and then uh, somebody the American Humane Association created guidelines for animal safety and protection that's why you see the no animals were harmed tag in films today. Uh, there's stipulations. There's required vaccines. Special protective guides. That kind of stuff. Gender blind casting? I'm so uh, confused. Uh, okay, so gender blind. So it doesn't matter if the dogs are female or male dogs. I guess that's what this is saying. Um, I don't know why that's an issue. Why is this a thing, Vincent? Um, some dogs, here we have some money issues. Some dogs can bring home upwards of $400 a day. Most make between 500, $550 and 100 So these dogs, the, the people... Getting the money for renting these dogs get paid nothing. They have their own awards. The Poskers. <laughs> uh, best puppy under pressure. Best puppy chase. Best chase scene. Best young animal performers. I mean, this is crazy. Um, you want your dog to be in pictures. Perhaps you think your dog is ready for prime time. What should you expect? We've covered some issues like protective guidelines, monetary expectations, and more. Now, but there are now who things. signs their contract? Can they? Do they have to the put person. a call on it? Or <laughs> <laughs> they have to eat? It's like they put when they put like food in two different bowls. You have to pick which one you want. Right? How do they pick which role they want? I, that's what it is. You know, it's like um, it's like the it's like the the seal or the penguin in the middle, right before the Super Bowl. Got to pick who's going to win. And right, they put the exactly. two teams on a rock in the middle of the water, and they have to go diving to see which one they go to. The dog needs to be solid, off-leash obedience, uh, or obedient. A dog needs to be well-socialized. There's going to be a lot of people around. There are agencies 
for dogs. <laughs> How do we get into uh, that? <laughs> right. How do you become? Is like, is there a, like a dog agent Ari Gold that I can fuck? Because that's the guy I want to meet. <laughs> can you imagine that guy driving through like West Hollywood? What? What? What do you mean you took that dog over my dog? Yeah, what are you talking? That dog can't even shit in the right spot. What are you talking about? I don't. I mean, this is just see, wild. See, where is what's his name right now? The guy who made Entourage. We need a. We need an Ari. We need Doug, an episode. Doug Allen. We we need Doug. We need an episode. We need. We need. Yo, who was? What was the dog's name that they had? The bulldog. You remember? Arnold. Uh, the Rottweiler, yeah, Arnold. Let's get Arnold the roll. Yo, <laughs> let's get Arnold the roll. <laughs> um, speaking of Doug Allen, have you listened to his podcast? His personal podcast. He started a podcast like three weeks ago. That is uh, him, drama, and E. And they're just they started with episode one. And they're going through every episode. They had uh, Jerry Ferrara on last week. I think he said they're having Sloan on next week. Um, and it's like they're like half hour each really quick. And they go through like they'll pop in a little clips. They talk about things they remember. They talk about the casting process. It's pretty interesting. And him and and Kevin Dillon, who's drama, and Kevin Connolly, who's E, just get along really well. So they're kind of just shooting the shit and making fun of each other the whole time. It's a good listen. It's called The Victory Podcast. The Victory Podcast. I was going to say, what's the name of the podcast? Yeah. The, the Victory Podcast. Victory Podcast. Now I have to check this out. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny. Yeah. I actually remember them talking about this. Yeah, I, uh, I feel like we had a conversation about it when he like brought it up when he started like advertising it. And then... I don't think you and I had a conversation about it, but oh, okay. I do know that where was I listening? What was I listening to? Is the other question. Um, I don't know. You don't listen to Pardon My Take. He was on Pardon My Take, but I don't know. You don't really listen to. No, he was on the Wolf Den. With Jordan Belfort. That was who he oh, was you did on. Say, yeah. And that, I made, I told you to go listen to that episode. Because that was yeah, a really right. good episode. Um, that was a good, that was a good episode just to kind of hear it and all that fun stuff. And yeah, that was where, that was where I found out about the podcast. I knew about it, but I never listened talking, to yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Right. I had forgotten about it too. Because he, he put up like a clip on Instagram that was like, uh, an ad for it and then it was like a month out and I just forgot and then it popped up I think last week I started listening to them. like I said they're like they're like a half hour each so they're really quick listening you get through a couple of them yeah I'm looking at this now they have like an intro episode yep you have a little uh, trailer the beginning the pilot yeah he talked about how like they got together and how the, it got the show made and how like he basically had three months to write a pilot it was kind of interesting to hear the whole like how it started yeah all that fun stuff and i'm sure he goes into more details into on these podcasts here yeah definitely worth listening that's what i regret not watching been re binge watching during the quarantine i mean I, it's it's funny i don't so i don't know i just got hbo not max because 
they don't have an app on the Fire Stick, which is what I use to watch everything. Right. So there's no reason for me to get it. But I have a HBO Now or whatever. So it's like not a, not the channel, but just the stuff. Right. And I ran through it because I know we always talk about stuff we fall asleep to. There, the HBO thing doesn't have a stop. Like, it won't stop on its own. So it just literally, I fall asleep watching an episode, I wake up, and it's six episodes later. So I kind of went through the whole show that way. So I am probably missed about, I don't know, 10 to 12 episodes sleeping. But <laughs> over a course of a couple of days last week, I went through the show. It's, I mean, it's still as entertaining as it was. There are a couple, like, lines or, like, because they, they were discussing on the podcast, like, could the show get made now? And, like, a version of it could get made now. But if you shot for shot, line for line did it, they the, would get canceled. There is nothing that we grew up watching that could be made now. I, that's the thing. Like, you're right. Like, even... How, how would you make Full House now? You could make Full House... I don't know. Full House... Was there stuff? I don't remember. Like, shows that were trying to teach lessons always were on that more conservative side. So, I think if you just reran Full House now, you'd be fine. But, like, you couldn't rerun. You couldn't start a new show, call it something else, but it be Seinfeld, the same script as Seinfeld right now. Because they get, I mean, they'd get canceled for making fun of everything. Right. I don't know, but Larry David does it on Curb. I don't know. I, my own thought with that has always been, if you're funny and the joke lands, people are not going to care. The whole problem is when it's a bad joke or a stupid joke or the concept for the joke was always bad, and that's when you get hit. Right. 100%. 100% on that one. I agree with that one. Um, but right. there, there's just wanna... so many shows now that, like, like, there's no way, like, a show like Oz would be able to be on TV right now. I don't know. I never watched Oz. Or what's another one that HBO? Um, Arliss was good. You should check out Arliss. You would love Arliss. I was looking at it. I was looking at the because it's like on the in the HBO thing they were in alphabetical order and it was like the first thing. So I was looking at the thing. I don't know, but it was I don't know. You you would like it, especially the first season, because of how funny it is, or how much of an agent he is to the okay. players that he's an agent to. Like it's just like all the like top players that you would think that you think of. Right. Like, like I saw like Shaq in the first episode or whatever. Right, right, right. And then it's like starting season. It's kind of similar to what happened with Newsroom. Now they're just trying to like write things. So it's like now we're right. gonna make up characters. We're gonna start making up a storyline. Like we're still gonna have real guys in it, but we're gonna start making up things. You know, like Newsroom was the first season was all actual events that happened. And then eventually they started making up events for the episodes. Right. There was, like, the the, fir the first season they intertwined real events with their storyline well. The other ones, that the whole, like, the second season, the whole main story is the fake story that they are trying to solve. There are some actual events, but it's, like, not, it's just a side thing. It's not, like, the main focus. And the same thing, the third, well, the third season is, is, again, it's a fake, I think it's a fake. I don't know. The third season was like uh, they they tackled like the whistleblower uh, thing in like w with um, somebody was giving them like like uh, government documents. 
Right, and if you remember also, um, there was an episode that they were protesting the guy that was in Slumdog Millionaire. Right? Yeah. I think it was like in season two where he goes and he's sitting outside the thing and like he's like, you got to run the story, you got to run the story, and they never want to run the story. And then he ends up like getting into it on his own. I don't think an episode like that could be made now. I don't know. Because like you're trying to protect it, but really are you trying – what are you really trying to do that? Well, like a lot of that show – because like it, it ended – I think it ended pretty soon before the election. Maybe like a year or two before the um, – like it ended in 2014 or 2015, mm-hmm. so like it's the you know the 2016 election would have been its its sweet spot, but it was also I was thinking about this. Have you watched Hamilton yet? I have what? not. You don't really. I mean, you don't like musicals that much, anyway. So I don't know if it's in your I'm, up your alley. I'm not. Like, gonna, I'm gonna end up not watching it because it's just not something. See, my problem is once it gets super popular, it's like the last thing I want to do. Like if they release Book of Mormon right now, I'd watch it because I want yeah. I wanted to see Book of Mormon for years. There but, is a. a What's his name? Josh Gad said that there is a taping of Book of Mormon, like from the original cast. Like they did one. It's somewhere. I don't know where. They said there's a a tape. They said apparently that like in the last like five, six years, every Broadway show was taped with the original cast. Right. And like they put it in like the New York Public Library or something like that. Like, I don't I have no idea. We talked about libraries the other day. Who goes to a library? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Anyway, the, the newsroom and also Hamilton is more like. It's more optimistic about the country than now. Everybody is pessimistic about America at the moment, right? Everybody's down. Everything's a problem. Everything's a government conspiracy. So those shows were both optimistic about the people and the country themselves. Nowadays, they wouldn't go as they wouldn't do as well. I don't think like if Hamilton started on Broadway now, I don't think it would do as well as when it started. It started in like 2015. Right. I mean, it's still music. Really? 2015. Wow. I know. It's been a while. And that was also one of those ones that, like, everybody was trying to go to. Everybody was trying to go to multiple times. Everybody was trying right. to go to it. It's the greatest thing on earth. I was like, those are the type of things that push me away from things because I just feel like when everybody loves something, I get pushed away from it, and I'm not going to love it. I do know what you're saying with that, but, like, sometimes it is. like Sometimes it clicks. Like, it does take, like, you know – Ten years from now, we could be having the same conversation where I'm going to say, "Hey, I just watched Hamilton. It was the greatest thing I've ever watched." Right. The music is great. It is, but like, whatever. You watch it when you want to watch it. The S and D podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends. All right, we're going to welcome Danny in. Uh, What's going on, guys? What's up, Danny? Daddy Daddy Duty called again. How's it going, guys? Good, good, good. Um, I'm sure I missed a good chunk before God knows what you guys talked about, but um, I'm here. Like you said, only God knows. I don't even know what we talked about. I think I blacked out. To be completely honest. Oh, oh boy. All right. Um, I mean, I guess we're going to get into some more baseball topics. Um, how? What are, are you guys excited? Are you? Are you? Are we confident it's still happening? I mean, this is like a weekly question. 
where we're our confidence level that sports are actually going to happen. It doesn't matter. Uncle Stevie is coming. Yeah, Uncle Stevie is coming. Thank the Lord. Unless the J Rod contingent finds another seven billion, uh, half you, a million. I'm, I know. I'm sure Danny does. But do you? Did you guys listen to We Gotta Believe on Friday? Yeah, I watched. I listened to it a little bit. Okay, okay. They basically said. What would be more Will Ponds at this point of, first off, they left uh, millions and millions. They left, it was, his original bid was 2.6. So he left, they left $600 million on the table by letting the first deal go on Steve Cohen, right? What would be more Will Ponds than them saying, screw you, Steve. We're going to take this deal for, and lose out on another three, $300 million. I, yeah, I mean there was there was a report in the New York Post that said ideally they want to sell the to the team to A Rod and the J and A Rod J Lo Rapoli contingent because I, apparently in that in that proposal involves them still being less under some point some like five to ten percent ownership still so they would still collect. Right. It would be enough where I'm, they can still collect some of the income. If, but if they can get four million dollars or four billion dollars, I know S and Y is a different situation, but the chance of getting four billion dollars to along having the other amount of money that they already have, I, I, I think you, you just gotta you, I think you just gotta like and you're losing money from what happened in March. So I think you got to, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. You know how these type of deals work and, and all the backhanding deals and history of relationships of Listen, of other scenarios happen. The, the other thing they said, and this is a great point, who cares who buys the team? Right. Go to the city and buy the stupid lots behind the stadium. Right, right, You're 100%. Re- you are real estate people this is what you do right. real estate and and they already knocked it down for those reasons this was they were right. supposed to redo everything right last... but, well they've been they've been getting shut down by apparently de blasio hasn't liked any of the proposed deals so apparently right. Right. apparently the city would spent be spending too much money but if the Wilpons are smart just go take that land and say hey we're gonna build and we're gonna collect on all the money that all these people are gonna use if i go to a you know you go to a one o'clock. How many times, Vin, have we left a Met game and gone to an Applebee's or a diner after? I, I Imagine it was across the street. Every time. Imagine it was across the street. <laughs> Imagine anything was across the street outside of McFadden, and which is always packed because it's one place. Right. And the and the I've always wanted to try the brewery. I just haven't gone to. I've it. tried now their beers. Be I've tried their beers inside the stadium. They're not bad. Keller. Yep, Keller. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think I don't know if we talked about this before, but like. Anywhere you else you go, you know, you go to Wrigleyville, you go to Boston. Right. When right. there's an atmosphere, even, even I went Sta- even Yankee Stadium, they have uh, stands they have, and, the, and they have it blocked off. There's no traffic coming. Right. Right, and, and they already do it. Like, Vin, the way the way you go to the lot that I always park in, we drive past that behind by McFadden's when you're driving. Right. I right. The, the the back way is going around that way, so it's the same. So if they the just take like, out that that driveway there you go you have you make it into whatever you need to barclay center has atlantic terminal that has more stuff than city field does around it yeah 
Or right. even like we went but, to Stephen, we went to DC, and they have that bar outside, like literally right outside the gate. Right, well, and they were still also, building at that also point too. With the Barclays Center, thankfully, it's also hipster central of the restaurants of the rebirth of that area as well. There's right. tons of bars and restaurants that were like, "You're right, I will meet you. I'll meet you there before puck drop." Well, when the Islanders were there, but if it's a net game or a concert, I'll I'll meet you guys at the one particular spot we're going to ha- enjoy ourselves and then we go to the event i remember right. last year when i went to the backstreet boy concert we went to the barbecue place i'm telling you i had the biggest meat sweats going into a backstreet boy concert because i was ate it because so much of the food. meat or was it because you were that excited to see the backstreet boys? both both okay. but- <laughs> just want to double check just don't, i want it on record because i would have felt the same way but yeah, Love that barbecue that barbecue spot, I forgot the name of that place, but More the next park maybe. It's it's but down. Even like there's a Shake Shack across the street. I Shake I, Shack and there's now a Chick fil A. And, and Chick fil A's right next to it. You got you got Buffalo Wild Wings over there. You got plenty you got of things to do. Bees. You got yeah. Applebee's, you got plenty of things to do in that area. And even like City Field has a nice atmosphere to it. Once you get in the gates and especially if you go to, like, a day game, there's, like, you know, there's stuff going on. They don't do a lot of it, but there's, like, there's people, and there's you walk around a little bit. But, like, imagine you could, you know, get a drink anywhere. It just – it makes right. so much sense that they, why they haven't, especially because they're real estate people, why they haven't done it. But, right. I mean, like, we mentioned the, the – we got to believe that they said it. Like, give them the real estate deal. They'll right. That's how they make well, their money. So they're going to get $4 billion for the team and the TV network. And then they can take, take build on one that and a half. Money. Take one and a half. Go to the city and say these are the plans. We're putting one and a half billion right. into it. And and what are also, you going to do? And also imagine how much, how popular. Granted, it's a little bit of a hike, but when the U.S. opens in town for those two weeks, on how much more economic you, you build two hotels over there. Also, yeah. You and just you put have... one to two hotels in there, and there you go. Now people are flying. Now more also... people are flying in to come see the game. Now oh, you're and think about LaGuardia's it. When... Fifteen Le... seconds away. Right. I also, mean, you don't really want to fly to Laguardia, but that's besides the fact. But when but you think also about you're it, you're five. You're also five or six train stops away from Long Island City, which is always popping as well. Right. That gives you another. That gives you and another what, ten... place to go for two seventy five or well, four. Five dollars for a night, and you don't have to Uber. You you have the train stops away. You can you could definitely make it happen. It's it's just one of those things of how hasn't it for grown. all the years I've been going to games. One of the biggest things that I've and you guys know I'm a friendly person at games. I'm going to talk to those people that are around us. I'm going to have conversations. Those people that are from out of town. The biggest thing that they always say is, "Yeah, this is a great stadium. This is a great time." It just stinks that I had to pay so much to basically stay in the middle of New York City. Right. Just to come here for a day. Right. And, and it's it, like, and yeah, I get it. You get to be you get to be in New York City. You're staying in New York City. That's awesome. Be, but now you're going to now you're staying right by City Field. It's half the price, right? Cuz a, a, right. a Marriott room in the city is probably what? Like 220 on a Friday night, 250 on a Friday night. Mets are at home. <laughs> probably more. Probably more, exactly, right? Now the Mets are home. You got the hotel that's right there on the other side of the stadium. They're charging you, oh, you bought a ticket. Here's a deal since you're coming from out of town. We're going to give it to you for 175 a night. You're I like, right I there. I like your ideas, but 
I call sort of bullshit on those people. They're they are right for the part. But if you're coming to New York, you're coming for New York. I and the Met. If you're coming to City Field or Yankee Stadium, yes, you're, you're still going you're most to the city. Go, yeah, but, but you're still yeah. But you're but still, it's not really. They're not. They're not. They're not saying it sucks. They're just saying the cost no, of, of course, it sucks. Of, That's of course, what they're saying. Of course, of course it sucks. But it's just one of those extra things. All right, all right. This sucks, but I'm I'm on vacation and I want to go to a game. Right. It does. I mean, you're right. It, most of the time. People at this point with the internet, people have done their research and they know. Like there, I'm sure there was a time if you came to a Met game, like from out of town in like the 80s, maybe you didn't realize the difference between Manhattan and Queens. And like, you see Times Square on TV and you think that Shea Stadium's around the block, or you think Yankee Stadium's around the block. Like you don't realize differences in the boroughs. Now you know you're just making one trip out to it to either one of the stadiums and then coming back to Manhattan. Right. Right, right, right. And then, but also, it also opens up the idea for the teams, too. Like, now you're going to stay, now you're not risking your players staying in New York City, right? It's kind of like similar to the Marriott across, this, across from the Coliseum. I mean, there was but, just nothing uh, else to do with it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're going to still find a way to do their own things. And right. No, no, like nothing's going to stop them. But again, it's the same thing. And, like, but think about it now. Now you got you got all these different hotel companies coming to the Wolfpons, right. bidding more money for them. They just took two billion, put one billion into. Let's just say they decide not to sell SMY. Then they just take the two billion, right? They put one billion into this this area to buy out this area. Now you have these hotels coming in and offering them more, like another half a mil, half a million, just to build a, a six story, six floor hotel. Right now, as, they're just making money off of that. Like, if the Wolfpons are smart, as we talk about it, as we talk about it, I don't know why it hasn't happened already. But like, like Danny said, it's definitely a political thing. Like, getting with, with the city or whatever is going on. Right. They were talking. They were kind of talking about it. Something to do with the Blasio and the amount of money that the Wolfpons wanted the city to actually put into building the stuff, building up the area. Like, apparently, they didn't trust that people wouldn't. I think there's things there that are buried there that the Wilpons won't tell us about, but hey, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, that's let's just hope. Let's just hope Uncle Stevie finds a way because with Uncle Stevie as well, is he's just not gonna buy the team, and he still has a lot of resources after buying the team that the Mets still can contend and not become the Florida Marlins or other teams that get new owners. They have the influx of money coming in on top of losing four billion dollars so that's another reason why this this man wrote on a piece of paper four billion dollars dan right i'm not worried about him having extra money no no but he has with the with the a-rod j-lo team i'm i i feel i don't think they're maxed out but i feel like they closer than that right they put all their money that's like the jeter group in florida exactly that's like the Jeter group in Florida. You know, the Dodgers, on the other hand, Magic's name is on it, but that's about it. The rest right. of the guys are where right. the money is. Magic's got enough money. I think he even sold his stake, if I remember correct. I think he maybe even sold his stake. When I was looking the that. other day, Cohen still has 11, like, he has $11 billion to his name. So there's still $9 billion left in his net worth for him to spend some money like in next off season or off seasons prior going on 
future. It's he just one of those things. The first he's gonna walk in day one with the water gun like Ari Gold did when he took <laughs> over. He's gonna shoot it at the people he doesn't want anymore. He's gonna call Bobby Boney into his office, shoot the gun at him, and say your contract's over. Right. And just, and I, he's gonna call Mookie Betts and say, "Here's a blank check. Have fun." One hundred percent. Hopefully, hopefully. But more importantly, we like Vin said, are we gonna see games? I say yes. Um, it looks like by the end of I'm this not- week, we're gonna have the official word because you got those. Those your your closest to you preseason type of games, inter squad yeah. games coming up with the Mets Friday and the Yankees. And Saturday, yeah. Saturday Sunday, I'm I think, right? About that. Saturday Sunday, yeah. Saturday Sunday. Saturday Sunday, and, it, and it, then middle of next week, I think. What Wednesday, Thursday? I think it is something like that. Yankees are starting. And I also, I also want to see. I also want to see. Um, um, Chapman actually got positive results for Corona, and he was actually yes. with the Yankees during the positive tests. So they're doing their due diligence. Hopefully he's the only one. Well, they also said there was somebody on another team that they had an inter-squad game the same day he got tested. And the day after the game, he was tested positive. So it's happening throughout the league. So Mm -hmm. And it's not like these guys are getting tested and then not working out and getting on the field. They're getting tested and then they're going on the field to work out. And I know Vin, you 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 made a joke in our group chat, and I'm not going to repeat it, but because it's not bad, but I'm not it's not going to repeat it for good juju reasons. Um, but they haven't mentioned where Robinson Cano has been yet, right? <laughs> They've yeah, they haven't, and it's been the Mets have been very quiet. This has happened a couple times that the Mets have been very quiet about guys are not here. We we're not saying why. They'll be here whenever. Like right. Rosario was like three days late. Strowman right. was like two days late. Well, so but like, Strowman wasn't even that late. He they just didn't have him come to the facility because we well, saw him. The land. thing with Strowman was is that he went to Florida. Right. So, so they were yeah, a little they extra were, cautious. They were like, okay, cautious. They they were like, like, okay, they're going nuts in Florida right now. We're gonna just hold you off the field for a couple of days. You're here in New York. Let's just watch you. Let's just basically do what we're supposed to do, as if we are quarantining you. But we're not gonna tell anybody you, you were in Florida, and, and see what happens. I don't know where Ahmed was. Maybe he like went home, so it was like a getting him back in the country thing. I don't know about that, but I know he wasn't here for a couple of days. Well, that's the so, thing. Also, like, you had other guys like. Why did Strowman have to be the guy when Wilson Ramos, as soon as they opened the Port St. Lucie, Wilson Ramos was there? Yeah. You know, Jeff McNeil, know. Jeff McNeil and, and, and Nimmo apparently were roommates down in Florida. They never left. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. Like, Dom was, wasn't missing, and Dom and Strowman were together the whole time. And Alonzo was, like, Alonzo was somewhere, too. Right. So, like, I don't – it seems like from everything they're saying – the Mets are being good about like the precautions and things right. and the and, and being strict about it at the facility. But as for being transparent, which most other teams have been, they are not. So I mean that's typical but it's, Mets. It, we'll, it also could be we'll a see. it could also be like we're here in New York. We're hearing it. What are if we were in Tampa right now, right. would we be knowing right. where Marcus what is going on with Marcus Stroman or why Robbins or that Cano was not in camp, you know? Would we know those things as if we are right. now? You know, right? 
It could just be a Cano take some time off, you know? You you went full yeah, swing sure. right away. Now now take a couple of days off. Right. Remember, oh, he's like eight hundred years old in baseball terms. That's another contract Steve Cohen's going to buy out when he. <laughs> well, he's going to be a free agent anyway. So. No, he's um, not. Isn't he? Wasn't it a two-year deal? Robbie Cano. No. Uh, no, Jed I said Lowry. Lowry. I said Lowry, and then you said yeah. Cano. We, we mixed our things. Oh, I was Jet Rowley has been dead mechanic for, leg for three years. Yeah. So. So I was watching the recap of the Yankees inner squad game yesterday, uh, this morning, and I I didn't send it to you guys because I, I didn't feel like sending it. But Kyle Higashigoa, the backup catcher, is the second longest Yankee in the whole organization to Brett Gardner with 13 years being in the Yankee organization. That He must be the nicest guy to have on your team of all time. To ha- be on one You're... team for organization for 13 years and just basically getting a cup of coffees because of injuries to other catchers or September call-ups. So kudos to that guy sticking uh, sticking 13 years in one organization and not really making it big into the majors yet. So congratulations to that guy. I couldn't believe it when I saw that stat on yes. So I, ha- I had to say that. That's interesting. That is actually like super interesting there. Yeah. So I I am like oh wow okay well, good for him, but it's it it once we get baseball back every night and and just get our minds away from things and obviously with the Islanders and Rangers and playing bit hockey and hopefully making a hopefully runs two runs into it. I'm not sure if you guys brought up Sorkin before. Hopefully, what do you guys think? You hope he comes well, he's, and plays? It doesn't matter whether he comes or not at this point. Um, staple. So the new CBA does not allow. You're not allowed to play at all this year. Okay, so he's not coming. He's he's coming, but he he's signing. He's signing season. to get rid of his contract, which is what he wants. Right. He doesn't want to play under okay. an e, under his entry level contract. So he's going to sign right. it to get rid of it. Um, okay. And then it's like a 54-hour window or something, or 60-hour window to sign it or something, um, okay. officially starting, like, tomorrow morning. So yeah. it's just a matter of when, when he signs it at this point. Um, and then the other thing will be basically that means that – so he hasn't played since April now. Right. And now he's not going to play again till what could be January is what they're right. saying is like they're cuz what the NHL's thinking if they go full 7 games in all the playoff series like even in the finals they're thinking mid October which means right. they're looking at like a November between November 1st November 10th uh league official training. open day right. and then December 1st is for like, training camp right so right. like he's also he also wants to play so he's kind of annoyed so there could be like a the, the contract thing was his biggest thing, so he can get a bigger contract. But then the, I was reading that he also, like, the, he might go to, like, a European team and then, like, have one of those you can leave whenever you want kind of deals. Right. Because, he, like so, you said, he has, he, he'll, he will not – they closed down the Russian league in, like, like you said, was it March or April? Something so like that, He hasn't yeah. played in, in a couple of months now. I mean, basically the same as everybody. But he won't have played – from then until, you know, it'll be December, you know, maybe January by the time they get started. So, but they, they, I think they said he can come in and like work out with them and, and like be there. 
and come in the bubble, but he can't play. It's weird. But they're not going to, apparently, uh, according to Staple, they're not going to bring him to the bubble because that takes up a spot in the bubble. You're only allowed a certain number of people to come with you. Right. You might so, as well bring somebody so, that can play. So, yeah. Right. They'd rather bring, like, a Chris Gibson with them as a third goalie. That's someone that they know can play. Just let him practice in East Meadow, get used to the area, and he'll be ready to rock and roll in November. Yeah, but he wants to play games. He doesn't. No, I know. I I get it. I get it. I get it. But you're coming to a new country. Um, It's a good time to. I don't know. It's not the end of the world if he doesn't play. Right. It it doesn't really matter um, at this point. It's just he wants to be straight. And then the other issue becomes. The money with him because they officially removed buyouts mm. so they can't just buy out andrew lads last two years of the contract um lads got two more years boy talks got three or four so basically it kind of turns into what's going to happen now because the other thing they're going to have to do is start to get the ball rolling with seattle in like right. october because next June is when Seattle's going to have their expansion draft and their first draft because their their first year is the following year. The Islander first Belmont year is the same year Seattle starts. So yes. So it's going to be interesting to see because would would a team like Seattle want Andrew Ladd's contract to hit the cap floor knowing you have to pay him for the year? Um, I, it, it is going to be interesting. I, I think. There's been a sentiment around the league that, like, there was a lot of, I'll give you a first-round pick to take this contract with Vegas. You know, we did it with Grabowski. I think somebody did it, in, like Florida did it. There was multiple teams that did that. And it seems to be a, a more of a take who you want and we'll figure that the rest out later kind of thing now. Like, we're keeping our picks and you could just take players and figure it out. With... So so maybe I don't know the the thing with uh, the money for Sorokin only should work out and I've always thought of it this way is like Grace makes like three ish million dollars now three it comes three and off a half, the books and that comes off the books this year so that's probably what he's gonna get anyway so right. it's just gonna even out it's gonna be the same exact thing but here's so the what, other thing so they're saying but the that other moves are gonna be the issue they said so the way Staple made it was. Um, so what will happen is you're going to have um, basically the goalie swipe, right? But then you're also got to pay Pulak, Taze, and Barzell. And, and Barzell, yeah. So All during that, like, three weeks of there's restricted free agents. Now, there's also a report, like, there's a rumor that the league may say that all restricted free agents are just going to play another year under whatever they made this year for one year. Just I, to I kind know. of try I... and lessen up the, the craziness in the in the offseason so they can get back on the ice quicker. It's going to be wild to get... like Because you're not going to be able to... Obviously, you can't buy anybody out... But you also are, are going to have a hard time finding somebody to unload, you know, a contract on when everybody's at the same cap they were. So I, I but everybody's going to have the same issues. So there's not going to be offer sheets or anything. It's going to be, it's going to be wild. It's going to be an interesting offseason in the NHL. Um, I, I could see a lot of. So there was a guy. I, for, I forgot his name, 
but he was on he's on Colorado, I think, or maybe Vancouver. But he signed or San Jose. It was San Jose. He signed like a one a RFA deal for like one year, two million dollars, when he really was worth a lot more. I could see a lot of that happening because like the players want to get paid, but nobody's going to be able to pay them right now with a cap not going up. Right. So, like I can see like Barzell's going to take an extra deal. Year. Barzell will take a, de- a deal. I'm sure that'll cover him. For a year or two, and then he knows that like the team's just going to be like, here's all the money in the world. We're right. not going it's anywhere. It's going to be. You're going to have to just wait till the cap goes up until things work out. Because, like I said, I mean, anybody who's worthy of of getting them is not going to have the cap room to get them. Right, hundred percent. Except for Seattle, who has zero dollars against the cap right now. Right. So that should be interesting. That means- um, with that being said, let's get into our top five. Introducing SN Snapshots, a new photography business started up by SND Podcast co-host Steven. Make sure to follow him on all of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching SN Snapshots. That's shots with a Z. He can also be reached very easily through his website snsnapshots.com so if you need a photographer for any sort of event and or project, contact SN Snapshots now. Alright, this week's top five I'm starting, I'll be honest, I'm starting to run out of ideas of uh, keeping this lively, sports-wise and uh, social, uh, not social, um, just entertainment-wise. So this this week I thought of it, I did not smoke a blunt before doing this, but I, I, it sounds very bluntish, but this week was, if you were able to go back in time, if you were able to take the... DeLorean into any five sporting events that we missed, obviously because we weren't alive yet. What were they? What would they be? Um, we had two stipulations, basically, since we all would probably pick 1986 Mets and 1969 Mets, since both of them are obviously joyous occasions in any fandom. Uh, we all agreed that we would all want to be alive for those two. Series and obviously being there for Buckner, I think we would all would have been our typical dejected self until that inning and then find a way to pull out of the win. Um, I'll go first, like uh, like I've been doing the last couple weeks, and then uh, Steve, you want to go, and then Ben will go uh, third. Yep, that works. Uh, all right, sure. so number five. I'm going to go something outside the box, and I'm going to go Game 7 of the 1955 World Series. The Brooklyn Dodgers' only world championship in Brooklyn. They finally beat the Yankees. Um, Like I've mentioned before, if the Dodgers never moved and there was no Mets, I would have probably likelihood been a Brooklyn Dodger fan from me growing up being born in Brooklyn and my family's roots are deeply in Brooklyn. So... Uh, that would have been cool to see all the, the famous Brooklyn Dodgers that we all heard and learned from, from Jackie to uh, Schneider to Hodges and so on and so forth. It, it would have been cool to see that the Dodgers, them bums from Brooklyn, finally being the big, bad New York Yankees in a World Series after so many tries of them losing to them. So I, that, that would be number five for me. Okay, um, so I actually went out of the box on this one as well. Um, and I was thinking of sports we don't normally talk about also when it came to this. 
And I actually came up boxing. The first okay. Ali Fraser at the Garden, 1971. That was, that's a good one. That's like, that was, you know, Ali and Fraser, like, our dads and grandpas would tell us about Ali fighting and Fraser fighting and, like, being able to go back and be able to watch them actually fight each other and instead of just watching the movies and the black and white videos that we've seen or reading about them, it would have been pretty cool to been there to, you know, been alive to watch it. Right. Because it was, Frazier was 27-0 and and Ali was 31-0 and at the time, so. And we got to see Tyson, you know, not a lot of Tyson because, you know, we were super young when he was mm-hmm. in his prime. But, like, Ali, Frazier, they were in, both in their prime at that time and, like, it would have been cool to see. Right. Um, it's funny that Steven and we picked the same number five. Um, oh, I wow. think Ali Frazier won <laughs> as well. I mean, I was trying to go God, with the box. They say that's the one of the greatest fights you know in the history of boxing. It's, I guess sports really. Um, the only one that Frazier won of the three that they had. So. Um, yeah, it would have been interesting. Uh, you know, that's more of an environment one. You know, I don't, I don't know. You guys, I've never, I've only been to like two boxing events, but like the event, the, the crowd. Oh, of the you've been to two boxing crazy. events? Oh, okay. I've been to like, like the Golden Gloves things. Oh, which yeah, I've never been to like that. Small arena, but still, like a boxing match is like it, it's when you get one of those knockouts or or a big hit. It's you know there is an an, an electricity. Gotcha. Like, gotcha, 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 gotcha. I've never been um, to one of those. I was at one of the uh, the FDMI NYPD fights at right. like, the theater. Okay, so cool. Right. That's as far as I go. All right, Danny, number four. Uh, number four is the um, only New York Giant-related thing, and it's the 1956... Uh, NFL, I'm so used to saying NFC, NFL championship when they blew out the Chicago Bears. It was their last championship for 30 years until the Super Bowl in 86. It would have been interesting to see because I've always wanted to picture myself being at Yankee Stadium watching a giant game and just... It's just so weird that the Giants had assistant coaches that arguably the top three out of the top five uh, head coaches of all time, which Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, and obviously Belichick. It it, it just would have been cool to see uh, them in their pro- coaching primes before they hit it big, and just would have been cool to see the uh, Frank Giffords and all the other uh, famous Giants from that era. So I, I'm gonna go 1956 uh, Giants winning the championship. Okay, okay, interesting enough. I don't even have the '86 Super Bowl on my team, on my list. Yeah. It, yeah, neither do I. I have another I have another giant moment differently though. Okay. But later on in my list. So at four actually I put the first Islander Cup run. Um to be there, you know, the team not expecting to win a cup, never winning one in the franchise and being able to see that first one. I know like my dad always tells me the story of being of going to the game and parents getting engaged the next day and like, it's a whole big thing those couple of days, so that would have been cool to just see that first run right. for the Islanders. And who, was, who, surprisingly enough, this is not the last time on my list. Awesome. Vin? Um, my number four, sort of similar to Danny, is the 1967 NFL Championship game, which is the Ice Bowl. Um, 
outside of the weather, I mean, that's one of the top games just, you know, in football history. And it just would have been, you know, cool to be there. I I guess I was I was going to say this when you said you don't have any other giant moments on. Like, we've all seen. Right. And that's that's why I said a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's why uh, that's why I said the year I did. And and the, the players slash. The environment of old Yankee Stadium and and the COVID. right, <clears throat> right. We've all seen, and especially and even like again, our you know, not not just like we were five and we kind of remember it. Like we were adults and our teams won Super Bowl, so it's kind of right. like I checked that one off the list. I don't need to go back and see, you know. Right. I guess the other, my other one would have been in my lifetime anyway. But yeah, the and also one. we have NFL films like better NFL right. films when when they won like for the '86. They were it was still. In our time frame, it was seven years. It was uh, six months before, uh, seven months before I was born. So, it, we were still in that era for Super Bowl uh, twenty-five. Right, right, right. On my list. All right, Danny, number three. Number three is uh, the nineteen eighty uh, U.S. Olympic team. Um, just, uh, just it was just simply amazing. They're the biggest, arguably one of the bigger underdogs. And they found a way to miracle on ice, being uh, USSR, aka Russia, and then winning the next game for the gold medal that no one obviously Finland thought they were Finland. Obviously, they thought that no one was going to win the gold. Obviously, just a just a random bunch of college kids and Mel, um, Coach Brooks taking care of business and finding ways to push buttons. Obviously, if you see Miracle, it's obviously a great movie. Uh, that that is my number three. Um, that's actually my number three as well. Um, you know, just like you said, Danny, just that run itself, something we never, if you, like you said, if you watch Miracle, Kurt Russell kind of says at the end, something you're never going to see again, because the following Olympics was the one that they started using the NHL players in. Right. Which, which now that they're not using it. And if you think about it, the, the USSR teams... We're basically NHLers, if you think yeah. about it. They all could have been on the, in the NHL before right. they all started flocking over. Right, right, right. And then, um, but now when you think about it, they don't use right. the NHL players anymore. Right. So now we may be lucky enough to get to see something similar to this happening again. You know, right. we saw a couple of years ago the NHL tried that World Cup type of scenario with mm-hmm. the North American team that was all basically under the age of 22. Mm-hmm. And they they ran through everybody for right. most of it. Yeah, I think they got to the semifinals. I think. Yeah, something like that, and that was great to watch. And now we're gonna get to watch that kind of similar again. Um, I know they started talking again about the next Winter Olympics of allowing the American League hockey players to go at least, not the NHL players, but the American League hockey players to go. So that'll be kind of cool, yeah. you know, getting those guys trying to work their way onto the NHL team, let them go to the Olympics, see if they kind of show something there that makes them feel that they could be on the NHL team. So, um, yeah, 1980 hockey team, something we, we hopefully we'll see again now that there's no NHL players going to the Olympics. But still, that was just a pure miracle. It was like 62, I think it was, or or something like that. It was the last time the USA even like qualified for a medal before that and just just watch the movie miracle and you'll know why that was such a great yeah. great time yeah i i, I kind of like the nhl as being in the in the olympics like especially because as, as america i mean we are kind of the underdogs in hockey 
because of Canada. So it's like mm-hmm. there, I still, it still feels not the same, but it feels like an underdog. Like when Ryan Miller went on that run, when they had the shootout with the Russians that four years later, like that was a pretty cool thing. Anyway, um, my number three is also the Islanders' uh, first cup, especially because they won it. In, on an overtime game winner, Bobby Nystrom. So it's like, especially that moment is, you know, the other cups, I don't think they won any of them else in overtime. So that one, the the, the spontane, spontaneity of it, that kind of thing, obviously, and it started the run. So, yeah, right. I'm going to go with the, the uh, third one. Kind of the same reason. You, you know, it's right. funny is... Um, only, what people don't realize is... In that run, three out of the four were at home that they clinched. Right. And nobody really realizes right. that. Like, you would think that maybe two and two, but no. Yeah. All of them were on, on the at home except for Vancouver. I think Vancouver was the one they swept, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. Maybe, I don't remember. Anyway. Right. Danny, um, number two. Uh, it's uh, before I go to number two. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any Islander ones. They were definitely would be in my honorable mention. Um, number two uh, is another New York related. Uh, even though I don't have a really a fandom in it, but it would be something cool to see because the aftermath is so huge, and that would be uh, Super Bowl three. The Jets beating the Baltimore Colts in the Super Bowl, and. They were, they were starting to get the tread work of the AFL and the NFL were going to eventually merge to be one one league that it is now. But now, like that was the first Super Bowl that the AFL beat the NFL. And it was just one of those things of like, all right, we might have something here. Kind of like, ha-ha, we might have something here. Obviously, we have Joe Namath's guarantee. Um, it's just one of those moments of like, looking back at it 51 years ago just it's so huge of like nfl being a multi-billion dollar corporation slash league it would have like what if this game never happened kind of thing um so it's it was such a building blocks of of what the nfl turned into because of that game it's also you can say the same about the giants colts game in 1958 um so it was that 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 like ten year period of how much it grew and then it grew even bigger and then we get what it we watch today, so uh, definitely definitely having Super Bowl three definitely changed the game a lot. Um, Danny actually just mentioned it. My number two, uh, not the Jet game, but the nineteen fifty eight NFL championship game, the Giants Colts. Sorry about that. Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Um, just, you know, just again, like Danny said earlier, getting to watch football at Yankee Stadium would be awesome. And then just the teams in general, they say it's one of the greatest games of all time. Yeah, the Giants lost, but still. Right. Like, the the, the conversations you hear about that game and the talking about that game and the players involved in that game and the location of that game and just everything arounding that game just you know it's one of those games where you're going to be pissed off at first that you would lose that you lost your team lost and then um 
you're just like, wow, I can't believe I was there. Right. And, and like, I don't know if you're going to, like, of course, you're going to be mad that your team lost, but it was just one of those games. It was just like, damn, it's like they played their balls off kind of thing. It's not like, uh, and it, it would have been cool. Like I, like I mentioned before, and you, you, you agree with me, like, I just envision myself being at Yankee Stadium and watching these these teams would be really cool to do, and just like holy crap, that's Frank Gifford or Edmund Tennell and all those other all-time giants that we've heard stories from our grandparents and older family members that actually watched them play. So yeah, that's a good one because obviously that was coined the greatest game ever. So good call on that one, Vincent. Um, my number two is, I feel like, eh, I don't know if it's off the the, the uh, board. You guys might have this later. Um, it is Babe Ruth's cold shot. Cause I just want to see if he, I was going to put it and I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't do it. Like, cause there's, there, 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 I was reading up on it and there was like, there's no dispute. He pointed at something. But they don't know if he was pointing at the pitcher, if he was pointing at something else because the like pointing at a player because the other team was heckling him or something. I just want to see what you know what was going on, who was yelling at who, what he's pointing at, and then watch. That's so that's that's my number two. Right, that's a good one. <laughs> that is definitely off the books. Yeah, but it's. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Danny, you are up for number one, sir. Number one, um, it's basketball. Um, being a diehard Nick fan, obviously that pains me to say, uh, the last 20 years. But he got to take me to Game Seven of 1970s NBA Finals, uh, when uh, Willis Reed limps onto the court and Clyde goes off. Like it's funny, like looking at the history of it. Like, like everybody talks about. Um, uh, Will Street walking onto the court and people forget how good of a game uh, Walt Clyde Frazier had and that was the Knicks' first of two championships and to be to see what the Knicks mean to New York City and the whole New York metropolitan area it would have been awesome to see the Knicks winning a championship because those guys are basically legends and like if and when the Knicks ever decide to be good again and I don't know when it will be I know for a fact that the old Nick fans and every single Nick fan been uh front runner or not like when the Knicks are good the world is a better place than New York New York City everybody's getting all amped up everybody's watching the Nick game we we you'll talk about it the next day at work you know or you, you, wherever you go, you'll be talking about the Knicks. And it's the Knicks, 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 Knicks. Because before Brooklyn came, to, uh, the Nets came to Brooklyn, it, it has always been a Knicks town. It's still a Knicks town. Even on the Knicks' worst day, they'll still have the headlines over a Brooklyn Nets team that has Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. It's just the way it is. Um, so I would have loved to see the Knicks win a championship, hopefully before I die, because... It, it it's just one of those things, man. It's 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 the Knicks, it's it's the it's the New York Knicks, and and their institution, even though they haven't been that way for the last eight years, and it, it's it's very depressing. But I'm going Game Seven of the '70 NBA Finals, Knicks Lakers. What else? What else can you ask for? 
It's just the star power is on both teams, and it's just, yeah. just can't can't do can't beat beat that. I mean, you're 100 percent right about the Knicks. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but like a a, a point guard had a good two weeks, and we all just went nuts. It's just like exactly. <laughs> that, that's all you need to know. Like that point guard ended a dispute with Time Warner. Like that. That's all yeah. you need to know about the Knicks. <laughs> like, like. Like, as much as we joke, well, not joke, as much as we all know that New York's a baseball town, if the Knicks are rocking, they can easily be as top with the Yankees, easily. Yeah, for sure. Right, 100%. Um, My number one is the 1983 Islanders sweep of the Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Um, This was the end of the dynasty. And, you know, the last franchise, is it still in sports to win four in a row? I think it's still in sports that have won four four championships in a row. Um, yeah. And if you just look at that Euler team of Gretzky, Coffey, Messier, Glenn Anderson, Grant Fuhrer in net, you know, Gretzky had 35 points in 19 ga- playoff games. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at Gretzky's stats in general are just annoying. Right. Like it's just, and like it's so annoying to see, but then you see the Islanders sweep them and you held this this Wayne Gretzky to uh, basically nothing for the playoff for the Stanley Cup finals. Like just I don't know. I think that, like, it was just, like, just to be there to just say, we're like, all right, I went to the first one, but now I'm at that last one, right? Sure. And, of course, the Islanders made it right. to the finals the following year, going for the fifth straight. Unfortunately, yep. you know, Edmonton didn't pull that off, but, you know, it wasn't a sweep. So, right. it just makes and it. Gretzky and the Edmonton team give them a lot of credit. Of like, yeah, no, it's like the passing of the torch thing. You know, they had to go through them to become the next team. Right. It was like when when uh, you watched the last dance and Jordan was like, "Hey, I had to get through right. the Pistons." Right. I had and to get through the, the Pistons, Pistons, and then when we got to the finals, the Pistons had to get through had to get through the Celtics, and it's like a you know. Right, and then when you got to the like, finals, they had to get through the Lakers. Right. Yep. Same thing. It was a passing of a torch type of thing. Um, I mean, my number one, you guys talked about it already. It's the Miracle on Ice. I mean, it's one of the best. I mean, it's one of the top moments in the history of American right. sports right. to be there and, and, and experience that. Probably experience the actual final game because it's just like, I, I know I didn't realize, at least until the movie came out, that like, yeah, a lot of people the finals were basically it. a round robin tournament. Yeah. Like, if they lost that game, I think they were going to get the bronze or something because of the way the points would have worked. It was It's weird. Right. Like, it's a, it was a very strange – like, it wasn't a bracket thing. It was like a round robin. It's weird. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, the upside and then beating – what is it, Finland or Sweden in the finals? I forgot which one. Finland. Finland. So, yeah. I mean uh, – Finland. Yes. So that's my number one. Now I have to go watch Miracle. I'm like, and I'm sitting here looking at the Edmonton Oilers stats from the 1980. 
from that season. It's just like, we get it, guys. <laughs> we get it. And then they traded Wayne Gretzky. I that's yeah. still one of the wildest. If you want to watch a good thirty for thirty, that's a good one. The one about the Gretzky trade. Yeah. Honestly, though, because of his wife. Good thing. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God, though. Like he got hockey into the West Coast, America's West Coast. If it's yeah. a good or bad thing, I, I I think. I think that revised a lot of things, and then you wouldn't have gotten the Sharks and well, the Ducks more because of Disney. But I'm sure that would that idea didn't cut if it wasn't for Gretzky coming on all that other things. I I think I think that helped a lot of the West Coast, especially the California teams. That that year, Wayne Gretzky had 71 goals, 125 assists, yeah, and 196 points. Yeah, you, you can't be trading that, no matter how much you want it. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, and that's just the okay. So here were their records for that season: 424, an NHL team record for most goals in a season. This is the what? The, the, the Edmonton team? Yeah, the Edmonton team. 82-83 team. 424 was the... was the They set the record. 125 is the most assists at the time. I don't know what the record is now. Gretzky had 38 points in that one playoff, one playoff run. This is the one they lost. Yeah, this is the year they lost. Okay. Andy Mugg, who was not even there... Who was their star goalie? Who, if you actually look now, Grant Fuhr is a Hall of Fame goalie. And if I asked right. anybody who Andy Mugg was, nobody would have an idea. Had the Oilers record for single season wins with 33. And his save percentage was .891. He would be in the minor leagues right now. This is just hockey in the 80s. Right. Um, yeah. Hockey. Yeah. Gretzky had 26. Six assists in the postseason, and three shorthanded goals that that postseason. Also, that was a tie for the record for a They're single postseason. Crazy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Gretzky had 196 points. Messier had 90 points less than him. And. <laughs> <laughs> 196 points is just dumb. We're impressed when a guy gets 100 points now. I mean, he... It's it's kind of gotten back up now, but what... The year that John Tavares lost the scoring race the last day of the season, he had, like... I think Jamie Benn had, like, 89 points. <laughs> For, and that was leading the league. And we left that, that day, that, that Islander game, with... Tavares as the champion. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I think Jamie Benn went into overtime and he got a point in oh, overtime. It, it was it was it was like he tied he got he a, tied the game and then he got a point in overtime to win the game. Like, I think it was an empty. Like, he got an assist on an empty netter to get the record or something like to get the, the lead or something like that. It was something stupid. But yeah, this is just nuts. And of course, future New York Ranger coach manager Glenn Sather was the general manager and coach of that team. Yep. Oh, you don't say. He he won his... This was also Gretzky's fourth Hart Trophy and third Art Ross Trophy that year. 
How many didn't he win in his life? How many careers? Career? Like, because they just number? stopped. It's, it had to, they had to have the LeBron thing. Yeah, I don't know. He won it nine times. Yeah, that's enough. He, and, ba- uh, he basically has a statue at every arena except for the Garden. Yeah. <laughs> And don't forget, he also has, well, he, interesting enough, has never won a gold medal. An Olympic medal. Well, we just talked about that. They weren't allowed. Well, he was on the Olympic team in 98. And they that didn't, won't. and Canada was bad. Yes. In the he, night- but he was, that was also, like, I meant to bring this up before. Because I was thinking about it as one of them, my moments. Because instead of the Olympics, they had the Canada Cup. And it was basically like a Team North America against the, the rest of the world. Like, it was the All-Star Canada. Game. That's really I, what Sort of. Yeah, the Canada Cup. Because like the 80, there was one in 84, which is like considered the best, more of the best hockey. Like the, um, like it's the Russian Olympic team against a North Team North America or Team Canada, which was basically just the Islanders and the Oilers in 84. Like, that that, that team, the two teams put together, and they faced the Russians. And I think they lost. So so I decided to push the next year button for the Edmonton Oilers. Wayne Gretzky had 87 goals, 118 assists, and 205 points in the final. I I have arguments (laughs) with, like, older people. Yeah, the 80s and 70s are tough for hockey, quote-unquote hockey, but... They couldn't. Most of the teams in the '80s couldn't hold the the jock straps of today's players, skill wise and goaltending wise, because uh, old, I beg to differ goaltending wise. Because if you so so basically during quarantine, the Islanders play a lot of their classic games, and the Rangers right. and Devils are playing that. If you watch the the way those '80 goalies played, they stand the entire time. Yeah, that's what and I'm they saying. just kind of like, swing their feet. So yeah. these guys now. Can actually right. play with those players there because they're right. they're faster than them, so they're going to be able to get around. If they got to deal with if if I had to deal with the if if you tell me that I'm you get to put the puck behind the net and tell Connor McDavid to go skate around these Oiler teams, he'll skate around them seventeen times and then score four goals right. in that entire time without it, nobody right. noticing. Look, Dan, Danny's right though. Like if you put Billy Smith and the way he played in the eighties today, he would get demolished. But if if he learned how to play butterfly, butterfly style, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, they'd be fine. But they also, it's smaller pads. They were just smaller guys. Like, yeah. it's tough to to translate everything. And let's face facts, So, if Billy Smith was around in the eight, it, now, the way he played in the 80s, they, they, he would have been thrown out of the league after his first game. Yeah, he would have <laughs> For sure, for sure. He took his stick and slashed the hell out of the first he would have Connor, Connor McDavid, McDavid and been done with the he would have for sure yeah he would be the guy who slices Sidney Crosby's head off his off his shoulders yeah for sure yeah so, or can you imagine him standing there with with Bredore with he went with with Sean Avery can you imagine if Billy Smith was in that net oh I wish I wish Sean Avery would be dead <laughs> the world would be a better place no offense to Sean Avery no actually offense to Sean Avery I hate but yeah but it's still like we, I'm. We're, I mean, defense was less and goalies were kind of dumb. But, like, the fact that Gretzky still has more assists than anybody else has points is, is, is insane. It's just 
Like there are because I've seen people argue like he couldn't lift the puck and like he wouldn't be as I mean yeah he wouldn't he wouldn't have like like I said more assists than anybody else has had points if he played right now but he'd still be really really good. It would be insane to watch him play. Now, yeah, I mean that's a good one of the the things that you for your list is that you put. You know, you get to see Gretzky, I guess, and and the Islanders win. So I guess it's like a double thing. Right, you're getting you're getting you're getting Gretzky, rook, young Gretzky. It's not even right. like the best Gretzky yet, because right. let's face it, we've seen, we saw most of Gretzky. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess we didn't see his prime years, but we saw most of Gretzky. He was well, still I mean, super good four, when he was with us. He had he was four two hundred point seasons. Before we yeah. were, I mean, before I, before we were all born, yeah. Right. So that's like, I mean, that's insane. And like, that's the crazy thing with Gretzky is he had such a long, great year that it's like, I, I guess the best way to put it would be like LeBron now, if LeBron still plays three or four more, like, good more years. And it's just like, he's been in the league for over 20 years. And like, in prom, uh, in prime LeBron, from, like, let's say 2010, I guess, the minute he went to the Heat. It's so long ago that his back half of his career was equally just as good and that any other player would die to have two careers that LeBron had. You know what I mean? Right. right. You I mean, can pick any 10-year stretch in LeBron's career, and it's a Hall of Fame career. Like, no matter where you go, what happened. Speaking of even LeBron. If it's Last. Yeah. Right. Speaking of LeBron, what is this revenge tour that he's on? Who is he revenging against? Uh, uh, it's just LeBron trying <laughs> to build up LeBron. I do. I do find it funny the whole, uh, like, like the whole uh, Black Lives Matter. If you could change your name, and then Le- LeBron was one of the guys. I don't know in this particular case, but he's been obviously, rightfully so, a key member, athlete-wise, of bringing uh just notice to everything and then he finally has a chance i'm sure it's money related he finally has a chance to put something on the back of his jersey he still goes with lebron i i still find that a little funny but it is what i'm it. actually surprised he didn't put lebron on the back of it because he just said he's gonna put his last name which is what it always right. is i would have thought he would have put lebron because that's just a way to sell jerseys Having well, yeah, that's how the NBA always so. LeBron would be. I think that's a, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't. So know. they're letting them do like custom jerseys for the players. No, there, there's uh, like two lists of things to put on the back of your jersey, right. and uh, it, there's a lot. It, and it's and it's very geared. You know when to he'll put LeBron on the back of his justice. jersey? He'll put LeBron on the back of his jersey when his son's playing for the Lakers. Right, right. That way you could tell the difference between so maybe, the two. Duh. So maybe he couldn't. So, yeah, I guess, like Danny said, I guess it's, you could put Black Lives Matter, I guess, or you could put or some Or equality, kind of, or like, there's a whole yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You can support a cause with the back of your jersey if you want to. Okay. So it's like, it's basically like, um, it was like Players Weekend. You're, you're eligible to do whatever you want. I think I don't know. Or like they the cleats, really like the more more closer to the cleats that the NFL does. 
Hey, we're yeah, cleats that like we're going to cut. That will yeah. Char- yeah, 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 yeah. You could donate for charity for two weeks. Okay. Okay, that's kind of... Okay, cool. I kind of like that. Okay. I can get behind that. Um, I'm just excited sports are coming back. We got a jam-packed show for you guys next week. Um, stay tuned. Make sure you guys are paying attention to all of our social media pages. And we'll see you guys next week. Crush it. Crush it. I will crush it! For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big time horsepower, giant voodoo track tires, turbo force deck, and comforts like my ride and USB ports. It's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it.